The Greensworders Podcast is a woodworking podcast featuring Jason, Ben, Brian, Sedgley and Ben Marshall. They are all over the internet on the YouTube and the Instagrams with their woodworking videos. This episode is sponsored by me, Hans, from Hans' Sleep Sounds. Are you often tired? Did you get trouble sleeping last night? Maybe you lay in your bed not falling asleep. Don't be tired, be happy with Hans' Sleep Sounds. All you do is lay in your bed with your favorite jammies on, pull out your phone and turn it to Jason Ben's YouTube channel. The sound of his boring and dull content will leave you no choice but to fall fast asleep. Get your best sleeps with Hans' Sleep Sounds. Now, on to the show. <coughs> Good evening. All right, Sedge. <laughs> How you doing? Look, Sedge and I, we, we, already, we already talked in, the, in the, the pre-recording show, even though we don't have a pre-show. Sedge and I are freaking tired right now. <laughs> it's, a, it's been a long day. It has been a very long day for both of us for for very different reasons. Mm. So, this will not be our usual long episode. If you've noticed how quiet it is in this episode, it's because Jason is finally <clears throat> gone. We finally got yep. rid of him. Adios, big guy. You're gone. At least for an episode. I'm so glad. <laughs> I'm just glad we're. We have the ability now to not hear about Jason oh Ben from Jason God. Ben. Hey, hey, and this one goes out to Gary. We won't hear about um, how he's retiring either. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> okay. Is this going to be a, a drywall-free episode? <laughs> I hope so. I mean, I we could always schedule out 50 minutes to talk about drywall <laughs> with each other. I'll tell you what. His shop is pretty daggone quiet, I'll tell you that. Well, I hope Man. so. We he spent ten episodes talking about oh, it, and I'm gonna say it really quick. He'll probably say it next episode. My God, thanks to everybody who came out Saturday to help move all that stuff. I couldn't believe it. I didn't have to really lift too much, except do a color commentary and add my two cents to everything. I, I would ask how long it's gonna take, but I'm pretty sure Jason's gonna tell us all about it in the next episode. <laughs> so I'm not even gonna touch it. Sedge, tell, tell me about your, your frustration, and then I'm going to tell you about my frustration. Today. Okay, so really quick, I just want to let everybody know, I'm working on my internet connection. <laughs> okay, um, I've been doing line tests, and I get lousy internet, and I haven't been. So what I'm doing is I'm going to double my <coughs> monthly fee, but I'm going to uh, bump it up. But here's the problem. Marianne, my wife, set up the appointment on Monday. And you know your typical, hey, we'll be there between 3 and 5. I said, hey, yeah, wicked cool, right? So I showed back up. I had a, the opportunity to come by the house between 3 and 5 and got all my work done early in the day. And we're waiting, we're waiting. And about 4 o'clock rolls around. I go, hey, babe, call call this company and check to see exactly because we heard nothing in the morning that will be out there. They forgot to submit the order to the installation crew. Oh, my God. And Marianne was on hold for 45 minutes. A little ticked off. Typical, 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 right, these days. Oh, I forgot to submit it. So, long story short, they're coming out tomorrow between 3 and 5. More waste of time. But the reason yeah. of my... Ex- so, okay, so... Go ahead. Oh, go ahead. My bad. No, the reason for my exhaustion is, oh, my God. I had a training all day today with our sales managers. I had the advanced group. We built about, uh, I think, six cabinets. I'm exhausted, man. I haven't done that in like two and a half, almost three years. 
God. It's a gear change for you. Yeah, you know, I enjoyed it. I was up all day. I was pumped. But, man, when I get home tonight, hello, crash and burn. But I'm excited because you and I are talking again, so this is always fun. How about you, man? What's up with you? Okay. So, I think I mentioned this a couple months ago, right? Have you ever heard of the tonal? You have one? The... Well, no, not yet. What? I should have had one today. Yeah. Ugh. So, so this there's this company that deals with the delivery of all of these different workout companies. It seems like Peloton. It's it's everything is handled by this logistics company called XPO. Oh yeah, I've used them. I've had them. Terrible. Mm-hmm. Absolutely terrible. So. I've had this this scheduled appointment for months now to have this thing delivered to to my house and installed and stuff. So again, months, right? And and you guys know me. It's the same thing with um with the Castle One Ten. I don't care mm-hmm. to wait. It does not bother me one bit mm-hmm. to wait. What irritates the living hell out of me is when companies miscommunicate. They misrepresent what they say. It's that is unacceptable, and like everyone knows, there's global shortages and all this other stuff. Like, I 100% get it. If you sat here and said, "Hey, I will have this to you in a year from today," I'm like, "All right, cool." Like, let's let's stick to our word. Then. Oh yeah, yeah, I hate that. So so I had this set up for Tuesday, right? The initial uh, delivery and installation. It's been this way for months. I clear my schedule because they said, you know, they, they gave me a block of time between 9 in the morning, 1 in the afternoon. I'm like, okay. I cleared my schedule, made sure I didn't have anything that, that existed outside of my home. And um, the day before, on Monday, they call me. Hey, we need to reschedule this for Wednesday. I'm like, mm-hmm. oh, okay. Like, I've already had to reschedule some stuff, but okay. Mm-hmm. I'll, I'll, I'll see if I can do Wednesday. I'm like, okay, it'll be there between 9 and 1 a.m. <clears throat> and I'm like, okay, I have things to do in the afternoon, but hopefully they show up early. They call me at 12.35. Oh. And again, the window was from 9 to 1. This thing is coming from Richmond. That's at least a two-hour drive. So by like 11 o'clock, I'm like, okay, well, if they haven't left yet, then they're definitely not coming. Because they said, hey, we'll send an email when when we're on our way so they they call me at, at 12 35 and i explained to this woman like hey look i know you're just the messenger i'm not taking this out on you but i'm i'm effing mm-hmm. pissed i've already this is your, because she's like hey we need to reschedule this there's a problem at the warehouse blah 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 blah, blah. I'm like look you are now doing this three times you are literally literally costing me mm-hmm. money by doing mm-hmm. this because there are other things that I should be doing that I can't now because you're making your you're rescheduling. Oh, sir, I'm sorry. So, yeah, look, ma'am, I understand that you're sorry. But I'm telling you right now, you are costing me money. It's like, okay, we'll, we'll, we'll take some off of your, your total charge. Um, I'm like, okay, whatever. So they say, okay, we the, the company that, that we hired to, or that we contracted to take this thing out to you, they will be in touch with you tomorrow to reschedule i'm like okay so 
Then I get I, I get all my stuff ready for my bike because I had some friends that I was meeting down in Roanoke, who they, and they were expecting me at a specific time. And so I'm I'm literally on my motorcycle, and then I see an email come up on my phone. Oh my god! Your tonal is going to be delivered and within the hour, and I'm like, are you? And this is like three thirty now. You've got to be kidding like, me! Well, well outside of the delivery window, and they're like. You know, you can track it, like, on its way there. And I'm just like, are you kidding me? It's crazy. So I, so I go in the email. I dial the phone number. And they're like, yeah, sir, we, we see that your uh, your, your tunnel is going to be delivered uh, within the hour. I'm like, no, it's not. Because I'm not there. Well, sir, your delivery was today. You're like, yeah, it was. From 9 to 1, it was. And then you guys called me, said that it wasn't going to come. And so you said that it wasn't going to come today. And now there's an email saying that it is coming. Oh, okay, sir, we'll, we'll, we'll tell the delivery driver to turn it on. I'm like, are you kidding me? Jeez. How is this possible? Isn't that crazy? How is, how is because XPO, they're, they're not Tonal, obviously, but Tonal is contracting them to do this. Now, look, hmm. this same thing happened to Jennifer with her Peloton. How is XBO still in business? The only thing I can think of is that they are the only business. And that's the reason why that, like, they're being used. It is ridiculous. You know what? They think we have all the time in the world just to lay around. They think we're not busy. They, you know? And I, three I times. Thought, I thought this. You were. Yeah, I thought this. I thought. You know, I'm just going to sit around and wait for you. Don't you realize I work for a living? I got so many other things going on. It's crazy. And, like, I'm I'm almost half tempted to call them again tomorrow. I'm like, look, the amount that you took off, it's not enough. Yeah, I would. You need to do I more. Would. God, man. That's crazy. It's So what else have you been up to? You been in the shop at all? Yeah, just making orders. Um, cool. I... I'm about to ship my last one tomorrow, and then I'm. My shop's not closed, but I, I took uh, all of my stock out, so it's everything's out of stock at the moment. Cool. But um, I had had an order uh, a customer request a return. Ooh. Because they said that it wasn't tall enough. Hmm. And like I'm, I'm all for like you know returning things if if it didn't meet people's expectations or whatever, but. But because it's not tall enough, like, to me, that's that's your fault, you know? And it's being shipped from New York, so I'm like, okay, now I'm going to take, like, a $30 shipping hit. Wow. To get this thing back here. And on top of that, the refund, like, I, I may end up paying to take this thing back. That's a drag, man. <sighs> it is. It's annoying. So in my shop, I had the weekend off. After after helping Jace move that stuff, <coughs> I took Sunday off, anything? man, and I got some yad work done. But what was really cool is I put together my DP Pro Drill Press Pro from Woodpeckers. What is that? Holy crap! What a well-made drill press table. Okay. And it was it so was you, nice, man. What? Is that the one where you can like set like pre-positioned spots? And no, then... no, no. This is just the basic table, but it has the extensions. 
and it has a great fence for your drill press. I've always made my own, but whenever I made it, I didn't make the offset of it to compensate for the you know your crank that you move up and down. Yeah. For the travel, yeah. so I was always moving my table to raise it and lower it. Well, they give you that little drawer on the bottom of it, uh, which is great. You get storage for bits, but you're able to raise and lower it without moving it. And there's little things to it that I've watched their video, and they really don't go over it. And it's really smart. Like in the middle to set it on your table, they give you a quarter inch uh, hole drilled perfectly. So to set it up to your quill or your spindle on your drill press is wicked easy. I'm actually doing awesome. a drill press primer video, probably going to start it this weekend, and I'm going to call out the table because that table is, oh, is, the, is the real deal. I, I did some other woodworking, but it wasn't in my shop. I don't know if you saw my stories. No. I've just been so okay. preoccupied with getting everything ready for the national sales meeting and the training. So let's let's rewind time a little bit, okay. Sedge. Let's let's rewind it to this weekend that we just yep. had. Okay. So Jen and I go to Louisiana for my twenty year high school reunion. Oh. Boy, that was right. already happening, huh? Yeah. So we went down, had a blast, it was great. We went Sunday or we drove down Friday, came back Sunday. And so we had a kind of a late start Sunday. And Ended up driving until like 3 in the morning to get home back here to Virginia. So on Friday, I remember getting alerts on my phone that that there was a tornado watch <laughs> in my area. You know, or a warning or a watch. I can't remember which. Wow. Oh, either way, I get these warnings. I'm like, okay, whatever. I, li- I live in the mountains. Tornadoes. We don't get tornadoes. <laughs> Flash forward back to Sunday, or really Monday morning at like 3 a.m. Jen and I are pulling into my driveway, yeah. right? The lights are, you know, sweeping across my driveway up to my house. There is a massive oak tree that has fallen down in my driveway. Wow. And for those of you. Holy moly, Ben. That is the tree. Holy moly. That's Jen. That's that's Jen's car after we moved it. It was her hood was like right <gasps> here. It missed it. Oh no! It hit oh. it. Luckily, it wasn't too bad. I'm sorry for audio listeners. You'd have to wow. watch the video to see this. Yeah. Holy mac, man. Um. <clears throat> so that was my neighbor's oak tree. Huh. And then. There was the top of a pine tree, <laughs> probably 25 feet of it, was about two feet away from hitting my house. It's really hard to wow, see. Wow, but look at that. That's huge, dude. Yeah. So, so a tornado did hit the area. No, 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 no. It wasn't a tornado. So, so funny enough, like, wow. I wake up. I wake up Monday morning. Again, I know you really can't see but it. But look at that. But it's, I mean, that's my propane tank. Yeah. That's the tree. Dude. Three three feet away from it. That's crazy, man. Just really high winds? Yeah. So huh. so I we, we get woken up by a knock on the door on Monday morning. 
at like 10 in the morning. And it's uh, it's it's like our my town's fire marshal, but he's with some uh, two guys from the National Weather Service. And so they're like, hey, is it all right if we walk around on the property? We're, we're coming to kind of assess everything, see what happened. I'm like, yeah, go ahead, walk around. And so they're, you know, taking measurements and taking pictures and all this other stuff. And so they're like, yeah, just based on how far the trees flew, um, because there were uh, there were other tops of trees that were that that were a hundred feet away from the other part of the tree that was still in the ground. Um, and I'm seeing I'm not I mean they're, they're like huge trees, right? And so they said, yeah, this was uh, what we call a microburst. <laughs> and a microburst, it's you know a tornado, it's a swirling wind. Well, a microburst is a linear mm. wind. It's like a straight gust. And they said that it was probably around 88 Jeez, miles an hour. Criminy. That it just it just happened in about five minutes, and that's what caused. And there were like, there were other trees kind of in my in my village that the same thing happened, but they were all in a line. And they said the reason why we know it's a microburst is because literally all the trees are are pointed northwest. Uh, gotcha. And um, so I spent all day, um. Monday and Tuesday, yeah, cutting up all these trees that are in my yard. Obviously, my, my neighbor is taking care of the one that his tree that fell in my yard, so that's going to take a little bit longer. But they said um, for his tree, and it, the, it, it's a red oak that's mm. probably, I don't know, 115 years old, so it's Holy big. Crap. Um, I think they said it's, and obviously, insurance is going to cover it, but uh, they said it's going to cost like $10,000 just to get that tree out of there. Because they have to, they have to cut it in place. I mean, there's, oh, it's snap. literally in my driveway. Oh snap! Yeah, and that thing completely uprooted, like massive hole in the ground now. The power of Mother Nature, right? I'm telling you, man. Man, I live telling you. living twenty, uh, twenty three and a half years down in Fort Lauderdale. I've seen some hellacious stuff with hurricanes. Like I just like Tell it's me, mind boggling. And I'm not gonna get into that tonight, I, but it's wild yeah. what you see. I, I I was just it just blew my mind, no pun intended. Yeah. <laughs> how far the how far the tops of these trees blew away yeah. from where they were. And like the the base of it or not the base of it, but where it snapped mm. off. You could tell that this this pine tree just got twisted completely. That's crazy. Like a bottle cap just just ripped it. That's right crazy, off. man. Nuts. It's nuts. And there's a huge uh, maple tree in the center of my mm -hmm. yard that's maybe 15 feet away from my house. And if that thing would have fallen, my house would have been totaled. Wow. That was close to your yeah. propane tank, too, huh? Oh, yeah. Very Ooh, close. Dug Very it. Close. Mm. Yeah. Hey, you want to hear a fun tidbit about today? Do, okay, now this isn't going to be a downer, but I was cruising my normal websites this morning. I was blown away because I didn't know. How, there's a person who I love that passed away many years ago on this day. It was Bob Marley. Mm, you know how yeah. old he was? He died of cancer, but you know how old Bob Marley was? He was young. He was in his 30s. Six years old. That's crazy, oh, man. man, the catalog... Of music that he created was unreal. Legend is one of my favorite albums of all time. Not my favorite, but one of my favorite. 
Yeah. What you know? So I did. I just can't believe a life taken like that that young. You, Thirty six. Imagine man. if he was still alive and all the all the great music he would have made. Yeah. Yeah, but once again, Crazy. his music lives on, right? That's Pretty right. wild. So what do we? Uh, so what? What do you want to get into tonight, Sedgley? Here's a little bit. Um, this is a topic that came up. Uh, I was chatting with this uh, wonderful, wonderful woman down at Rubio, and I'm gonna just throw this out because I wanna I wanna talk about a few things. Not getting too into it, but um, this is a topic I, I proposed the last one, but we never got into it because that was a great conversation. The last podcast. That was fantastic, yeah. and we didn't want to stop it. But here's something I want to propose. Uh, woodworking joinery, what has worked for you? What hasn't? What do you prefer to do? Um, how it's evolved? Or just I'll throw it out there. What works for you? What doesn't work for you? What do you go to the most of the time? I'll let you go. I'll let you start with that one, Ben. So... I mean, obviously the domino, I use the domino of for course. everything, but the domino, it's a good complimentary uh, mortise and tenon for a plethora of joints. Mm-hmm. So if we're going to talk joints, mm-hmm. right, mm-hmm. Um, I mean, the, the ones that I use the most at the moment are all mitered for mm-hmm. the most part, because all, all of my stools, they're waterfall edges. Um, and so I, I use miters for everything, but those miters are reinforced with dominoes, and that's what actually makes the stool strong. That's what makes it hold up to the mm-hmm. weight. That and the shape. The shape does it a little bit too. Um, I mean, y- you can't go wrong with, with a butt joint, mm-hmm. you know? Um, uh, rabbits or grooves, dados. Mm-hmm. Which I mean, they're they're still butt joints. There's a little bit more reinforcement there on, on the substrate, but um, I'm trying to remember. Yeah, I mean, th- those those are the ones that I use the most. Okay, so here I'm gonna uh, half lapse bridle okay. bridle okay. joints. What you're trying to do with woodworking joinery when I teach it is create um, glue line strength, long grain to long grain glue yeah. line strength. Okay, and the reason I I wanted to bring this up. Is because of course I have been woodworking a few years and I've tried a, just a little I bit. Try, yeah, Barney. I taught Barney Rubble, and uh, <laughs> <laughs> but the thing is, is people get stuck on. Of course, I'm going to use right now. I'm going to use a domino because I just think it's the quick. It's a mortise and tenon. It's loose tenon it, joinery. It gives you, you I you, think, great long grain to long grain adhesion. Yeah, you're you're increasing surface area so much when you use a domino, mm-hmm. and and also, but mortise and tenon. Someone says, "Well, I like traditional mortise and tenon." What's the difference? It, it is traditional mortise and tenon. I'm just using a yeah. different machine to accomplish it. Absolutely, absolutely. So the point that I wanted to get across with this is uh, the person I sat down with. I never met her before. And I'm going to call her out on Instagram. She's Wooden Maven. At Wooden Maven. Her name is Cha Miller King. And we were talking about pocket hole joinery. And I said, Oh, I love pocket hole joinery. She goes, What do you mean? And I go, 
listen, some people start somewhere, right? Mm -hmm. And I will promote pocket hole joinery because it's a simple, inexpensive way to get somebody, and I like saying this, get somebody into woodworking. Absolutely. Okay. Is it a woodworking joint? Absolutely. It's just using a mechanical fastener instead of the long grain to long grain adhesion. And um, she was down at Rubio. We talked quite a bit through the course of the two days. And um, I just, for me these days, I just want to get more and more people into woodwork. And that's why I like to promote things and talk to people, go to events, because I think we need more and more young people to get into woodworking. And then, mm-hmm. and then you progress. So she had never used the domino there. And in the midst of all of it, she goes, Sedge, I got to tell you, she goes, <laughs> I always looked at this domino joiner and poo. Of course, we look at the price tag and everything. But she goes, it's not that I want one, is that I need one. Because she understands mm-hmm. woodworking and going to another level. Follow me? Yeah. But do, so somebody comes yeah. into my into my shop and I shop and they look and I go, you got a Craig pocket hole jig? I go, yeah, because I need it. I, there's certain applications yeah. I need it. So I, I don't. What I wanted to get across with this topic was, don't. I tell people, don't get snooty and say you have to do it this way. You have to do it this. You have to do it this way. There's a hundred ways to skin a cat. There's a hundred ways to do a butt joint. But yeah. you gotta start somewhere. Just get started into woodworking and then progress from there. We've you've owned a biscuit joiner, haven't you, Ben? Oh yeah, right. I did too. I've had two or three of them, but then I discovered the domino. I've hand cut mortise yeah. and tenons. I've taught people how to hand cut mortise and tenons. But you know, there's but it's always based on the length and the surface area for that glue to adhere long grain to long grain you know when when someone and and i don't want to sit here and and you know drone on about the the domino i mean it's 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 an incredible machine and for for anyone that has ever on the fence about purchasing the domino whether it's the 500 or the 700 you know the one thing that i always like to ask people when they're asking whether they should get or not because of the price i always say what's your time Mm -hmm. worth what's what's your time worth you can you can you do other joints in lieu of a domino well of course you can it's just a mortise and tenon Mm -hmm. there you just said it says there's a thousand different ways to skin Mm -hmm. the cat what is your time worth you know because yeah that is a very expensive expensive piece of machinery but that thing pays for itself the more that you use it and then it then it's going to give back to you in the amount of time that you're going to save mm. like it's it is it's you know and again and that to me that's with almost any tool that has that carries a high price tag but it ends up saving you time in the for, end for 15 years i've been teaching people a little over 15 years teaching people about the domino joiners mm-hmm. and i i love it ben you just said what's your time worth what I really like about it is I always, in class, whether it's an end-user class, dealer class, whatever, I'd say, hey, when I'd start the domino segment of teaching, i go, how many people have hand-cut a mortise and tenon? couple of people. And i go, have you used the domino joiner yet? They go, no. i go, wait till you see how easy this is. <laughs> and then I would go through the class 
teaching people about the domino. And then I go, they, everybody looks at me and they go, it's so easy. And I go, it shouldn't be <laughs> because if you've ever done layout, just layout on mortise and tenon joinery, yeah. it's a pain in the royal rump. And there's a lot, so many times I have gotten it. I've made mistakes. I've gotten it wrong. And, you, and you've got to fine tune oh. it. You've got to match grain. You've got to do all. Like it's, again, teach their own. But and, and this even goes to the hobbyists, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. You, well, well, I'm not in production work, so that means that that having the domino really isn't a good thing. Boom. Mm-hmm. Every everyone that listens to this, to this podcast knows that I love riding motorcycles. Mm-hmm. I will do anything to give me more time yeah. in the saddle. Anything. Yeah. And so, would you rather spend a weekend cutting a bunch of of mortise and tenons by hand, which again, if that's what you love to do, mazel tov. Knock mm-hmm. yourself out, kiddo. But if you want to have time for other things besides cutting mortise and tenons, then you may want to invest in that because it's going to save you a lot of time. Yeah, and you can do, you can walk away and do what you want to do. I love, yeah. I, my whole life is saving time nowadays. I just, I have to. <laughs> There's only so many hours in the day to accomplish what I want to accomplish in life. There is, man. Um, there's a lot of fun things I want to do. And woodworking is one of them. So if I can find time to save more time in the shop to do other things, to learn something new in the shop, I'm all for it. And yeah. I'll tell you what. When people look at the domino, I go, I'll, I'll always say it. It shouldn't be this easy. You are doing a true woodworking joint, wood-to-wood joinery. It's not mechanical. And I have never, ever had a failure. Whenever I've talked to people about having a failure with a domino joint, it's because their glue is old. Mm-hmm. You know, the glue has failed. The domino mortise yeah. and tenon has not. So uh, it, this isn't I, a I've, this isn't sponsored by Festool by any means. But no. I I get so giddy when I can teach a new woodworker on how to use the domino. Yeah. You, you see their eyes. Oh my god! They go. They couldn't. Because there's a lot of times people won't do mortise and tenon joinery because it's laborious. You know, it's it's too much. Yeah. And this just opens up so much. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. So I have a I have a problem with probably using it too much. <laughs> you, you know, like because I have the castle now, which is a really great piece of machinery. Um, yeah, I mean, there there I can think of several projects over the last year where it's like. I use the domino just because I have it, not because it was the right tool at the right time, <laughs> you know. And I, I probably over domino mm-hmm. all of my projects because it's like, well, I've got it. It's quick. It's yeah. easy. Yeah, I know. You know it, and that that project will probably never fall apart because of how many dominoes it has. <laughs> I know, <laughs> but it's there, and you're yeah. very proficient at it. So you, you're pretty yeah. much probably taking the path of least resistance instead of doing another setup. Yeah, yeah that's how that's how I am with that. But you know, and and, and I think with joinery too that th- there are so many different considerations that you need to take when when it comes to joinery. You know, obviously the first one should be the strength. You know, um, and thinking of okay, what is the application of this of where this joint is. Is this joint holding something together? What are the what are the forces? What are mm-hmm. the axial forces that are going to be exerted? Is it going to be? Well, I don't want to get too mathy on it, but you know, what direction is is force going to be exerted? 
and the, you want the domino to counteract mm-hmm. that directional force, you know? Um, is it? So you want to think about workload. What? Yeah, no, it's it's like I, I did a video on uh, domino angle, and I've had some comments on it, but that I don't think they the comments were they they were not get bent style comments. They were just saying, Sedge, I think you missed it on this. But they I don't think they listened too well on why I did it because mm-hmm. there's their way of doing it is correct. I do that a lot. And I'm going to have to do an addendum video on the Sedge tool to do this. But I was compensating not just for glue line, but also this one person who had reached out to me said, can you do a video on this? It was also for sheer strength. And yeah, sometimes yeah. you have to comp you. It's not just glue line, but it's sheer strength. Yeah, and that, and then again, that's that's taking into consideration the axial forces that are going to be applied to that particular it, joint or glue exactly. line. Exactly. Um, you know that's that's why you know a dovetail. It is a mechanical um, joint because you can only put it together one way. Mm-hmm. And typically, when you do your dovetails, you want to do it against that that um, the direction that it's going to be used, yes. like with drawer fronts. Dovetails are exceptional for drawer fronts because there's nowhere for that wood to go. Even if the glue fails, the dovetail itself, uh, it's a mechanical joint. It's its not going to uh, come apart. Perfect, Ben, because I was waiting. I was going to actually mention that. That's perfect because that is and a so, mechanical. It adds glue line, yeah. but yeah. it's mechanical because you're right. It works on those different forces. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Perfect. Um, so you want to you wanna think about... Uh, again, the the load that it's going to be mm-hmm. under, and then there's also there's also the aesthetics of it, right? Yeah, you could get this one joint done as a butt joint or a rabbit, but it's going to look really pretty pretty as a miter. Mm-hmm. You know, maybe you cut some splines into it to have a little bit of accent. So you want to think about okay, how do I want this joint to look? Do I want to see the the edge grain and the face grain at the at, at a corner or do i want to see none of that i just want to see face grain you know mm-hmm. um it's it's like today know, what are some other it's like today we we're building cabinets we built the six cabinets and what i like to teach people is when i'm on when i'm building cabinetry i go so do you know the tops and the bottoms go in between the sides and then I'll, I'll show them, well, what if I put the side on top of the tops and bottoms? And they go, well, that'll work. I go, yeah, but you can't put any heavy plates in there, can you? <laughs> and then all of a sudden, it's that that epiphanal moment where everybody goes, oh, that's sheer strength. <laughs> yeah. Okay? Because yeah. I know a guy who used to build kitchens at Fort Lauderdale. And he would build like that because he didn't want to re-veneer underneath. And I go, I looked at somebody. I go, that's just an excuse. He's just lazy. Do you know anybody who actually looks underneath an upper cabinet? <laughs> Jason. <Bennett. laughs> that's but that's why if you do, <laughs> that was good. If you do, that's why you re-veneer the bottom. But he was just being lazy. Yeah. He didn't want to re-veneer the bottom. And I looked at it because I was in one of his kitchens that my buddy bought. And I looked at it. I go, don't put any heavy plates. And he went, I knew there was something wrong with that. I knew there was something wrong because it didn't. So that's where I'll get back to your eye. Your eye never lies. You just don't know, but you know there's something wrong there. Yeah, you just can't put your exactly. Finger and it was just funny because yeah. he went, "Ah, oh, dag on it," and I go, "Don't worry about it." it 
Supposedly, he had an engineer look at it. That's a bunch of hoo-ha. Because I talked to the guy, he told me. He goes, I never did that. Yeah. Yeah. He was just being lazy. But um, what, what, are, what are some other considerations that you have, Sedge, when it comes to, to the joints you use and when? Well, uh, it's, it's sheer strength, but it's glue line. For me, I'll preach it to the end of the day. It's length of tenon and also, like, okay, so let's look at this. Um, this is my this is my big consideration is length of tenon. Like someone says, okay, I get this so many times throughout the week. Why should I get an XL or a 500? And it's not because of the thickness of tenon for shear strength. It's for length of tenon. It's the long grain to long grain adhesion. Um, boy, I could talk hours on this. I'm not going to because there's so many people who teach that are good, but they do, they talk about joint strength. And it's not sheer strength; it's the glue line strength of it. And I've act, I've actually mm-hmm. pulled people aside. I go, "Do you talk about glue line strength?" He goes, "Yeah, I talk about joint strength." I go, "Your class doesn't understand that." Do you know who the mm-hmm. best, the best of the best who teaches uh, glue line strength is Mark Adams? Because he teaches. I've seen it four times. I think he teaches a full hour on just different glues. It's amazing. Every time I've seen it, it's it's incredible because there's so much. So would you say that it's a really sticky class? You're you're really glued to the speaker. <laughs> <laughs> but it's it the, but it's funny because you know most instructors whip out the the um, the roll of straws. Have you ever seen that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. and they say, yeah. okay, so this is the wood cell, and this is mm-hmm. end grain, and this is long grain. And, you know, I've actually done that, and then I throw my, away my pack of straws. But that's glue line strength. So that's why the difference between an XL and a 500 is because when you build, like, a – and the class I always used to teach is the farm table. And basically, let's just talk mm-hmm. about a 4x4 four four and an apron skirt going in there. I, we could mm-hmm. use an 8x50 because it's a third, third, and a third. It's 25-millimeter thick one inch 25 millimeter apron skirt maple to the maple leg four by four okay but fifth and so it says well I'll just double up the tenons hmm that doesn't work because you're 25 and 25 in each one with the 500 but boy yeah. when you can whip out the, whip out when you can with the ooh, you behave <laughs> with the 700 you can go 50 and 50 into each side with a eight by 100 yeah. now you're talking yeah, you're you're gonna get less. Um, what what would you even call that? Shift in movement. Yes, you're gonna get a lot of adhesion because mm-hmm. you're 50 millimeters into the apron skirt, you're 50 millimeters into the leg, and then you double that up. You basically got a mortar, a true mortise and tenon. Yeah, and yeah. Be, because of the surface area of adhesion. Yeah, you yeah you've 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 drastically increased the amount of surface area for for glue, and that's that is with with all joints, you know that's that's why, um, a uh, a dado joint will be much stronger than just a traditional butt joint where all you're doing is you're adhering to the surface, but if you're cutting a a, a groove into the fibers of the of the female piece. So now you're getting, 
glue line along the edge grain of the board being inserted, but you're also getting it along that little bit of a mm -hmm. lip on the on the face mm -hmm. grain. And so now you have three sides that are on a glue line strength versus just one side. And and you have the strength of the substrate itself. Yes. And you also have the sheer strength of that little lip for yeah. load. Yeah. Yeah, so, so when you're thinking about how can I make this joint stronger, you need to think how can I increase the surface area mm -hmm. of, of where this glue is going to go. And obviously the domino does that on its own because you're inserting a, a mortise into both pieces of wood. And so you've already drastically increased how much glue is going to be on a surface. So I had been woodworking for quite a few years, and then Mark Adams came down to my shop and, shop and taught for the South Florida Woodworkers Guild, and he, t he gave us an hour on glue. And at the end of the two days, he pulled me aside. He goes, hey, would you?" this is about 20 years ago, 22 years ago. He pulled me aside. He goes, hey, what did you like about this? And I go, one, your, your talk on design, boy, can he break it down. That's, he's probably the best instructor I've ever met in my life. And because he, he knows how to break it down for all levels. But I go, Mark, your whole talk on glue, I knew it, but I thought I knew it. But when you break it down and talk about adhesion surface area, it just, it's awesome. And just breaking down end grain versus long grain. And I, I hope everybody, we had about 50 people in that, in that group for the weekend. And I, I hope everybody took that away. So in future meetings, I would always mention, and I go, "Did you guys understand all that?" They go, "Yeah, that was that was amazing that somebody broke it down like that." You know, after after WorkbenchCon, I I've I think more and more about how beneficial it would be to attend any, just any kind of a school, mm -hmm. any kind of a woodworking school, because there's only so much that you can learn by watching a video or reading an article, um, or just you know going out in your shop and trying to wing it yourself. Mm-hmm. Um, I think, you know, that I, I could certainly pick up a whole lot more in a short amount of time than if I were to try to do it on my own. You know, a very concise block of time. Ben, the best part about it is you have somebody when they take a break, you have somebody just to go over and go, hey, I got a question. And yeah. the right instructor yeah. will put everything down and just take their time and go through it. Yeah. The next thing you know, the class starts back up. And everybody is there. And then they pull you aside halfway through that next segment and go, Daggone it, I'm glad you asked them that. Or I'm glad you asked her that. <laughs> yeah. You know, okay, I'll give you one today. I'll give you one today. Um, I said, hey, we're going to start with the LR32. We're going to punch out the sides. And I had eight people, nine people, in eight, eight, eight people in class. And I said, does anybody uh, want me to go through a primer on the LR32 or do you gut this? Pause. Wait. Mm -hmm. Then all of a sudden, like, yeah, okay, I'd like to see it. Then all of a sudden, somebody else spoke up. She went, yeah, I'd like to have that, Sedge. <coughs> Halfway through, three guys. Nobody wants Nobody wants to be the no, one. No, but three, three, basically. That admits that they oh, don't Sedge, know. I forgot how to do that. Oh, thanks. Oh, I didn't know that. It was really, really cool. So That's here's funny. the other thing I learned as an instructor. Ask the question. And wait. Give yeah. them that time to respond. Don't just say, okay, yeah. give them 30 seconds and go. Give them that yeah. time to respond. Hey, you know what? That's another topic. 
we could probably go into because you guys are really good. You're you guys were drill instructors, you and Jason. Mm -hmm. And how do you, what are the like nuances when you're instructing people? That might be a or good topic one of face. these nights. You just punch him in the face. <laughs> <laughs> Does anyone else want an instruction? <laughs> if anybody asks another question, you're going to drop and give me 30. Are there any more dumb questions? <laughs> God, I'd love to have seen you guys in your prime. <laughs> I'm still in my prime, Sage. Yeah, baby. Too cool. Sedge. I didn't notice, but we're our shirts match. What's your say? Outer. Well, it's not about the saying; it's about oh, the yeah, color, they are man. Good color, aren't they? Yours is Outer is. Banks, right? Fest, yeah, Festool Navy that Blue. That is nice. Look at this one. I wore this tonight. Watch. Make, I'm gonna break it up. Check make, it out. Make metric great again. <laughs> <laughs> I think I'm the only one who bought one. He said. <laughs> <laughs> maybe maybe Hans can change. Uh, that. Yeah. Have you listened to the last few podcasts? I haven't. I've been so tech on this. You okay? You don't you don't have to listen to the whole thing. Just listen to the beginning. Yeah, I I've, I've started something new. Now yeah. you're talking. Is it Hans? Yeah, oh, yeah, baby, that's what I want to hear. Oh yeah, oh yeah. So we had a few people uh, help us that listened to the Green Suiters this past weekend, and it was really you got any shout outs? Yeah. Oh, Drew, Drew, you're great. Alex, thanks for being there. I'm forgetting four or five people that were there. Thank you, thank you, thank you. But I go, we were talking, and I go, wouldn't it be great to do? Somebody said, we should do. You guys should do a whole Hans episode. And that's what Jason they said. They love you. They love Hans. <laughs> Good. Yeah. So I thought I'd shout it out. Hans, we had Hans is always liking that when the guys love him. You know, Ed Mancini was there. Oh God, he boy he. He's pretty cool, man. He came up twice, and mm -hmm. uh, he's from Louisville. And uh, that's, that's quite uh, the drive. It's like a three-hour drive. Rick came. Uh, Rick Bush, um, my mm -hmm. buddy from Festool, he was there with us. Yeah, it was really it was a great group of people. Kind of forgetting awesome. people. Uh, I, I apologize if I forget somebody, but it was nice, nice meeting and they're just hanging out and having a couple of sausages after. Boy. They found a really good German deli butcher in in. Uh, oh, I'm sure. I'm sure Nicole knows where every single German butcher shop is. In oh Navy. yeah, it's pretty cool. Yeah, they've acclimated really well, it seems. So, boy, that new yeah. house. Wait till you see it, man. Ooh, it's nice. Well, hopefully it's well, hopefully it's done by the time I come up in two weeks because. Cause I'm not doing. I'm not doing any work, man. <laughs> You're gonna be here in two weeks, huh? That's right, dude. I'm so I'm gonna so stoked. I'm gonna see Eric. Um, I should be at Eric's next Tuesday. Oh, wow. Um. So I don't know how we're gonna do the podcast, but um, I may try to see Alma on Wednesday. I just I don't know timing wise if I'll be able wow. to. So. Cool. Hopefully, be a good hopefully I get to see Alma in June. It. I'm doing a um, a gig for a day and a half. It kind of switched up on me, but I'm going to be doing a full end-user event at um, in Chicago at J.C. Licht. It's a it's one of the paint dealers there, but I'm going to mm -hmm. call it out, maybe get a bunch of people to show up. They're really great people. I think they have like 50 locations up in that area. 
Oh my God! Everything is starting to get busy again at work. Holy! It is, man. Holy macanoli! It's fun, but man, I I started that other stuff there, and I'm trying trying to juggle stuff, and it's. Mm-hmm. Woo! The, you're you're trying to put five pounds of sawdust in a three pound <laughs> sawdust bag. <laughs> I'm trying to, to put about it. as much CT48 dust in a CT26 <laughs> bag, baby. <laughs> That's a good one. Not bad. Hey, do you have any get bent, Hans? I don't, Neither man. do I. I think everybody just hates Jason. I mean, I, as long as we continue to uh, pander to that. <laughs> yeah, I know. To that segment. It's not get Ben. It's not get Sedge. Nope. Hey, it's funny because didn't we always start that where everybody hates Jason? <laughs> that's right. That's a, that's how it started. That's how it started. That was awesome. Everyone hates Jason. You know what? I can't believe. I think this is episode thirty-seven. Thirty-seven. Mm-hmm. Holy man, this is this is so cool. We're we're coming up. We're coming up on a year, man. That's crazy, man. Yeah, because J- July, July. F- what was it? It's like mid-July was our first first episode, I think. Cool. Do you get any call-outs? It's coming up. Do you get any call-outs tonight? No. Okay, so I got we need to make a mention. I'll have you do it. The pouch. Yes. So let me see. Well, this episode comes out. <clears throat> Excuse me, folks. <clears throat> yeah. So look, as you're listening to this episode... You've only got like a week left t- to enter our giveaway, uh, which is in conjunction with Leather by Dragonfly. If you guys ever watch Sedge's lives, you see this little pouch that he always has on his hip. That is aptly called the Sedgley. And it's got a whole bunch of different little pouches that you can put, like stuff that you need, quick access, tape measures, markers, pickers. Knives, all, all kinds of stuff. And it's it's something that um, you can just like hang up on the wall at the at the entryway to your shop. And if you've got some quick stuff that you've got to do, you throw the pe- the pouch on. It's got a really sweet uh, hooking Bel- system or, or a yeah belt clip system. Um, so it's easy to put on, easy to take off, and it's not as involved i guess is putting on an apron and, and again maybe you don't need to put an apron on for the work that you're doing but essentially again it, it's a really great thing to have around and even if you don't want it for the shop it's a great thing to have uh like a utility pouch for stuff you got to fix around the house a couple screwdrivers a couple nails a couple great um screws great for electrical yeah. yeah really great for electrical that's actually a really good one some good some snippers mm-hmm. some electrical tape that's actually a really good reason so if you want the the chance to to win one make sure you go to our website www.greensitterspodcast.com the landing page is the giveaway page just enter in your information and uh the winner will be drawn on june 1st Mm. and we'll announce it on all of our social media channels so again if you want to win essentially it's like a hundred something dollars 120 dollars something like that right and uh, and and if you don't win one, go buy one. Because I'm going to tell you, yeah. a pouch, I've worn one my entire life. I've owned all of them. I've tried all of them. This was designed by Patrick and Michelle. Well, 
Michelle. Michelle. <laughs> and yeah. uh, we prototyped it for over a year. Jason bent myself. Ben, did you have one? No, mine's on the okay, way. Okay, and I'm going to tell you, this is an amazing pouch. The belt clip, I've, I have one now a year and a half, and the belt clip is still solid on it. But it's gone through a few redesigns, and it's a wonderful. I can't say enough nice things about this thing. It's awesome. In fact, in fact, today it, at work, they, they go, what's this called? And I go, it's Leather by Dragonfly. They go on and they go, and, and they go, they're calling it the Sedgley? <laughs> and I go, yeah, I prototyped it for a year. And I was like, they were like, okay. And my buddy Keith ordered one right there. And look, this thing, it's, it's purely American made, yep. right? It is made in, in Ohio by Patrick and Michelle. It's not outsourced to anybody. <clears throat> it's not made in another country. It is 100% American-made product, and it is very high quality. I have Jason's old apron that that Patrick and Michelle made four years ago, and that thing is holed up exceptionally well. It is in great and condition. And they get more comfortable by the day, don't they? That's right. Mm-hmm. That's right. It fits like a glove. Yep, for sure. Cool. Well, Sedge, I think that'll do it for this episode. Wow. That was awesome, I man. Mean, <laughs> I think we should call this like the celebration episode because finally Jason's not here. I know. Here. Ben, you know? you've been in every single one, but, huh? I know. Man. I'm like I'm like You're uh, the rock. I'm like the I'm like the patriarch, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> I just kind of I'm the glue that holds everything together. Man. Okay, I'm just going to say it really quick. Thank you everybody. We really appreciate yeah. you. Thank you so much. If you want to find out more about us make sure you check the the uh notes in the description for this podcast of where you can find all of us on our various social media channels and on our website and until the very next episode we bid you all adieu thank you thank you thank you a good good good